Boy, Elise, I hope this sound was there for that intro because I didn't hear it. I hope it was there for the audience. Welcome, everybody, to your Lord of the Rings Rings of Power recap here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. It's another two person crew. Just two little hobbits is making their way through this really scary and perilous world. I'm Andy Cortez, and I'm joined by Elise Willems. I'm Elise Willems, and I just realized that I am wearing green, so I'm getting keyed <laughs> out. <laughs> the, okay, my my delirious brain was like, man, you you look exactly like our set. <laughs> That's exactly... Hang on, let me see if I can completely <laughs> this, finish this. <laughs> this is incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, audio listeners, you're going to want to You're subscribe. missing out. You're missing out on some true that. special effects right here. That That's where all the budget went right there. Um, yeah, I can I can change or we can just. No, it's awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah, I legitimately okay. thought like, wow, you're wearing the same colors as the show. How perfect. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to uh, your Rings of Power screencast. This is a kind of funny screencast. It's our weekly show. Where we break down the latest in TV, movies and trailers. You can watch it on YouTube.com slash kind of funny rooster teeth or on your favorite podcast service by searching for the kind of funny screencast. If you want to get the show ad free, you got to go to Patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady. And Molecule, thank you so much for supporting. Housekeeping, we got a bunch of other shows we're still talking about. She-Hulk, Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, that hot D, and brand new added to the lineup, Andor, which I heard is actually pretty good. And that excites me because I've I've been pretty gone from a lot of recent Star Wars shows. They just haven't been doing it for me. But I've heard this is the one. And I've heard a lot of people who are also as jaded yep. as I am saying, this is the one. So that's, that excites me. Likewise, uh, at least, do you this, have any this, excitement for Andor? It might pull me back in. Really? This week, I didn't have a ton of time to consume television. And Lord of the Rings was my priority. But Andor might be the one that gets me back in. And I thought it was going to be Obi-Wan. And uh, I still don't know why he was cubing meat, in, why he was making <laughs> meat into bricks. But... Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll it's never know. It's a different culture, you know. Yeah. You, you got to live <laughs> Custom, there to fully yeah. understand it. Um, yeah, I thought Obi-Wan was going to be it for me as well, even though I think there was a lot of awesome moments amongst the series that I just super didn't, I didn't fully care for like I would have hoped for. Uh, but Andor apparently is really awesome. And that's a great crew on that screencast. That's a bunch of Star Wars geeks over there that'll give you the full rundown on those episodes. Uh, today we are brought to you by MeUndies. And Shopify, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, we got a week to catch up here on Elise because we missed last week. I was in Austin for a wedding, so shout out to all y'all who tweeted at me asking for the episode. And totally fine. And I know that there was some controversy, belt or no belt. You didn't bring it. I thought you looked fantastic, Andy. Thank you, Elise. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't bring a belt. I thought when you click the accessories button, maybe a belt would come in there. And that's on me because I have a belt. I just decided not to bring it thinking that it was included. So that's on me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad that there were at least a bunch of y'all expecting an episode four recap. Sorry we couldn't get that to you, but we're going to recap episodes four and five for y'all today. Episode four, The Great Wave, was obviously uh, last week. And we have uh, at least some Wikipedia info for you there. Uh, this is directed by Wayne Che Yip, written by Stephanie Folsom, J.D. Payne, and Patrick McKay. 71-minute runtime. Um, episode four. Elise, what are your overall thoughts? 
The standout moment for me was the opening of this episode, which was a mock fall of Numenor, which is, I think, one of the things that we are all waiting to see in its full gravitas this season. I, uh, God, the money put into this show just allows them to do such incredible, incredible things. And, um, I, uh, that's, that's just for me is I want those big set pieces yeah. and I want that spectacle. I'm still not really loving how the show is handling Galadriel in general. Um, and so, so that's just kind of something that like I've hung my hat on it and I'm, I'm having a bit of a hard, tough time reconciling. I don't know about you. Yeah, sure. I, I, not necessarily how they're handling certain characters. I think maybe just the speed at which things are going for me. I I think the as you heard in our episodes one and two recaps, I think the show started off insanely strong for me at least, and I feel like it has uh, dipped and kind of waned and taken a while yeah. for things to get going. Um, I'm still enjoying my time with it, just not nearly as much as I was with episodes one and three, where if episodes one and two started off the way they are now, I'm not sure I would have stuck with it, but I feel like with episodes one and two, I've seen the potential of what this show can bring. So I'm just hoping to maybe reach those highs again. But also, I, I, I'm pretty interested and uh, seeing with where they're taking the lore that they're working with right now, which seems to be certainly changed in a lot of different ways. I'm excited to see what these characters are and what some of their motivations end up being. The see what's up with the stranger and all that stuff. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I have. A um, I would say a shortcoming of the show, in my opinion, is that I'm not equally invested in every subplot that's happening in every storyline. And I, you watch Righteous Gemstones, right? No, I don't. Oh, you don't? Oh, OK. It, I just there are other shows where they do have these different point of views. They have different characters that we follow, different plots and as and, and you Each know, one to is me, as Ameri interesting as the next. Yeah, I'm never ripped for out of it. Once yeah. in this, I just find myself sometimes I'm so invested, and then I immediately lose that enthusiasm. That's honestly that's me with the boys. I think that's me and a lot of the people are kind of funny with the boys, where uh, the A plot and the B plot and the C and D and E and F and G and H and like there was so many different <laughs> strings there that were all equally interesting. Um, and I just did not feel it this, that way. Um, at least, you know what? I'm just realizing something right now. The green screen, that's on me. I could just turn that off. <laughs> I just realized that right now because I had the green screen I, set. <laughs> I thought that was strange. I didn't want to say anything. It's not my production. You know, I I know lot, I'm you not know, here. A lot of different things on my mind. Kind Guys, of trying to run this show. You we're know? playing it fast and loose yeah. on the screencast this week. As soon as Come I on. like saw Discord and I saw that you just had your normal green shirt, I was like, huh, I think something's... <laughs> And it's because of the green screen that we do for the kind of funny football league. Um, I should have been wearing my new nitro rifle shirt. That's on me, man. That's hey, on me. Hey, you know what? Maybe one day soon you'll get that shirt in like a month and a half or whatever. Um, <laughs> let's run through the plot real quick for let's episode four. Jason Momoa kicks a sealed door and his friends <laughs> off the sea guard. He knows that the West is destiny and his friends are pissed that they were fired, too. But Isildur was like, my dad owns the building. He can get you all rehired. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm, kind of playing mm -hmm. like that little bratty son. Like, dude, don't worry about it. They can get all and get it all rehired. But they're all really mad at him because he kind of fucked up their future. Right. Like they kind of had their whole plan and 
kind of shitty that they all kind of got kicked off. I don't really understand the. Yeah. I don't it, understand it the whole much a, of that. Like, it's like we need a, conflict. <laughs> yeah, when a teacher holds the whole class back because one, you know, one bad actor, sort of deal. Um, that's what it really feels like, where they're all being penalized for this one guy's actions. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. Um, Adar is introduced, and guess what? It's Uncle Benjin. Uncle Benjin. <laughs> it's you, Uncle Benjin. He comforts <laughs> a dying Gork. It's kind of cute. It's a little scary too. Father. It was. It I was, wish. I, it was a little endearing, kind of endearing. I could, yeah. I would like to hear the orcs call him daddy. Yeah, but I'll take father. Wow, you took it. You took it. Great minds think alike, at least. Great comedic minds. Because I said, Arondir is like, why do the orcs call you father? And Adar says, because I told him to stop calling me daddy. Um, that's <laughs> the next line that I wrote. So great minds right there. And and then we get uh, a bit more of a kind of breakdown between what adar is doing a little bit he's kind of like you know he's like oh you're from the river that's i i remember that place like i I'm, yeah i used to be one of you right i used to kind of like fuck with your people and stuff like that and uh and then he tells uh, uh he tells arondir i need y'all to send a message to some people for me you know go talk to them so following scene bronwyn is cutting rations so her son is like i can go get food for us don't worry we don't all have to share these four potatoes. And um, <laughs> Rowan ends up leaving Theo because he's scared um, when they're back at, in the village. Again, they're trying to find food for their little uh, their little can getaway. I, can I just say, Andy, like when they when they go to get food, they're in Austerith, which for my brain, it sounds too much like Osgiliath. Mm. Uh, and I, that is, again, one of my fantasy hang ups where I'm like, oh, Come yeah, on, guys. Every, everything cow. doesn't have to stem from the same root word. You ever please. play Elden Ring? Holy cow. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's Margit and Morgot and geez, Louises, dude. Get gum. Jesus. Uh. Um, when he's out there, though, uh, an orc ends up attacking him inside of that house. Um, and the he get, gets attacked and then he stabs himself in the forearm with the hilt. And the sword grows like flame yeah. and fire and stuff. And he defends himself. And you're like, oh, shit, this is what this thing does. How he knew to do that, I'm not sure. I think it's maybe when his blood, when he cut his finger and he saw it turn on fire. That's just good gamer sense right there, at least. That's yeah. good, like, in the moment, <laughs> knowing, like, I have, the, I have the flag. I need to, like, you know, kill this one guy or whatever. And the orcs, that's their mission. They're like, hey, the we have the hilt. I know where it is. The guy's around here. He has it. We have to find it. So they're calling it the hilt, which I think is a the first time it's kind of named in a way, you know. Yeah. Played too many RPGs. <laughs> the, uh, uh. Elrond and Celebrimbor talk about uh, Elrond's dad and how the dwarves and elves like, wow, it's really cool seeing elves and dwarves work together. Who would have thunk? And Andy, uh, what's up? My favorite thing happening in this show to in, in this episode and onward is still just the relationship between the elves and the dwarves and same it's straddling that line of this tension that they have between these two races and like gosh i i i would just well, if the show is just this that yep. would be enough for me 100 100 mm -hmm. i i think not only does it bring a lot of interesting tension but it brings neat moments of levity that i think the show yeah. doesn't have enough of um they think that Doran is hiding something. So, uh, you know, here we have this sort of passive aggressive, not so secret interrogation 
where he's talking to um, Durin's wife, and he's like, "Oh, why'd your what's Durin doing down there? Why is he gonna take? Why are you cooking food if yeah, he's gonna why be back he, a lot quicker? You know, yeah. And, why would he need to bring food with him into the mines? It sounds like he's going pretty deep. Yeah, she, he's like he's not gonna be back for two and a half days, but you're cooking him food right now. And she's like, "Well, the most skilled dwarves takes him about a couple hours." And she's like, "Will there any other questions?" Hey, yeah. you got anything else, brother? Like, I, I got an answer for everything. Uh, and I kind of really enjoyed the the tension there because you could tell. Um, I don't know. I just enjoy those moments in in media. I like when you, there's like a, a sort of like outsmarting of, a, of each other. Oh, and, and Duran's wife is ride or die. Oh, you yeah. Can, you can get that from her immediately. Absolutely. Um, but these elf ears, they hear all, at least. And she hears... Them talking, uh, or Elrond hears them, uh, Durin and the wife talking. I forget her name. I apologize. Is it Nisa? Am I? Or no, Disa. It's Disa, right? Disa, yes, D-I-S-A. it is Disa. Uh, he hears them talking. They're talking about the mine below the mirror mirror. Uh, and it seems like Elrond <sighs> is kind of aware of this place. And yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty dope. So a secret little saying opens a secret little door. And here comes Elrond, and he's searching. He finds Durin and the crew. And Durin's like, all right, I'm going to show you something, but you better not fucking tell anybody, bro. And uh, it's just a little, he's like, what, what do you all call it? He's like, well, in your language, I think it's called Mithrad. And he's like, no, it is Mithril. And then the cave starts to cave, <sighs> which is kind of interesting uh, to think about, at least, because like a mountain can't mountain, but a cave can cave. Kind of interesting, right? If a cave caves, do the, does the rubble become a mountain? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, because you could burrow into a burrow. You know what I mean? You can't mountain into a mountain. It's just really interesting how words are. Um, Did you yeah. sleep last night? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. Andy. Andy. Mithril. Oh. To a Lord of the Rings fan's ears, one of the sweetest uh, terms in, the, all the, in all the nomenclature of the franchise. Give it so to cool. us. And two things you never want to remine. An old mine and an old relationship. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we're Absolutely. getting both of them here. We're going into the old mine. We're seeing Elrond and Durin, their tension. I'm loving it. I'm here for it. Loving it. Loving it. Um, it's also just really cool how, you know, uh, Durin kind of gives some backstory. He's like, we found this shit. We, we want to keep on mining it, but daddy won't let me because it's too dangerous. And then, of course, yeah. the cave starts the cave. And um, I saw a couple of write-ups kind of thinking that they heard a roar in the background, maybe the roar of a Balrog. Maybe that's what started the cave-in, start the cave-in. Um, so it's possible. Uh, but either way, it's really cool just to get that, just to get the setup of what the Mithril is. And um, I, I'm not sure if it happens here or whether it's later on where the king of the elves is telling Elrond about I think that is later where he's like the Balrog and the person and the lightning struck. And that's the coolest fantasy shit of all time. Yeah. Oh, oh, sh- it, it's so good. I yeah. love that, that anytime um, like you get that little aside and it's an, an animation or a stop motion or what have you. And you get a little bit of like, I felt like Thor Ragnarok did that really great with the, the art on the ceiling. And then we get the Valkyrie. And I Absolutely. also, um, if you've ever seen, his dark or not um dark crystal renaissance oh my god yeah dark crystal on netflix when the we puppets talked are about doing, that you were very disappointed in me that oh I my gosh seen it, yeah. yeah and the puppets the puppets do a puppet show andy 
to tell the history Ooh, of the world. I the like puppets that. do a puppet show with little puppets, and it's it's so great. Um, I, I imagine that that's the example you always conjure in moments like this when you're talking about TV shows. For us in the kind of funny crew, we always bring up in uh, Harry Potter, one of the final oh, ones, where they do that little animation yeah. moment to kind of tell you about the three whatever the fucks. Uh, the uh, the the elder wand and the yeah and the invincibility yeah. cloak and all the that deathly shit. hollows deathly hollows there we go i'm really really bad at remembering words everybody um so they yeah it's scary they all kind of leave the cave uh the final the next scene aeodian is talking to the dude who looks like matt smith merged with topher grace they flirt a bit and i just don't care i don't care about any yeah, of this um, same it's same. obviously there to Stoke tension because he's the son of Farazin, Farazin or whatever. Uh, she's the. How would how would uh, we say it during uh, Latin heritage? Well, month? if you were in Spain, you'd go Farathon with a little lisp. Oh. you do with a little lisp for there, Farathon. Yeah, um, how would Latino of the Rings? Uh, <laughs> well, that's what that's what we're going by. Yeah, we're still kind of workshopping this whole concept. It might be done by Hispanic Heritage Month in twenty twenty six um yeah they're flirting here i just don't care this is another one of these maybe side plots that you're mentioning that you don't care about that i no. i certainly don't really care much about either she was created for the show correct his sister yes yes i yeah. believe so um so yeah i don't really care a whole lot about what's happening here um and then we get a sequence with halbran and galadriel in the jail um and he's kind of telling her hey Something clearly bothered the queen enough to lock you up. And it's when you asked about her father. Um, and he's like, I don't know, maybe you should, you know, you're you're, something you're going about it all the wrong way as well. Like, you you know, I was super strategic. You all stand there were like, give me some ships, get me the fuck out of here. And like, you know, that's not going to work with these people. You need to be a bit more diplomatic. You need to be a bit more friendly. Um and so he kind of convinces her, and uh, eventually these guards come to take her out, and she beats all the guards' asses. And uh, and then we get a little glimpse yeah. of Halbrand talking to Farathon, Farazin. <laughs> um, and there were some people on the internet kind of uh, speculating that He's whispering into the ear of Farazin, being like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with her if I were you." And they're making sort of illusions that Sauron is kind of like always whispering and things like that. Uh, um, but mm. this is one of the running speculations the that's theories, been happening yeah. forever that Halbrand is Sauron because um, he's also good with the sword as well. But it, the, we are kind of getting to the point where I feel like in past Marvel MCU shows, we're like, oh, this character's got to be this character and that 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 speculation ends up going on and you build this up in your mind you build this up and then something else happens and it completely yeah. just knocks everything down so maybe he's not I, Sauron I'm not sure I love that we learned a bit of the political context here that the king was sort of almost secretly deposed because mm -hmm. he kind of wanted to, he was saying let's sort of repair our relationship with the elves Absolutely. and maybe rebuild that alliance and people were not happy about that Yeah and uh, and again, I think that one of the one of the, the things, the, the messages that we get in Middle Earth is that all these races unified working together is always going to be the thing that triumphs against evil. And when and we see when these races are divided and they're not collaborating, they're not working together. That's when these these major downfalls of 
civilizations occur. And I, from a geopolitical perspective, love all that stuff. Absolutely. That's what I, I want the most of. Absolutely. Um, and in this, uh, here's a little, here's a little shot of the kind of like, hey man, what's, what's going on? You know, here? the the guy with the um the what's his name? The, the dad, Halbrand. No, uh, the, oh, the, the Elendil or Farazin. Fer- the, the guy on the right. Yeah, Farazin. Yeah. Farazin. Um, he he always makes me think of Christopher Guest in oh. uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, like it's just something about the hair and the beard and his his eyes. He just has this kind of like you don't trust him look. Got those really nice eyebrows that kind of like arch up. Yeah. Um, next sequence, um, we get um, Aodian. She calls her brother Isil, and I think that's pretty cool. But I'm gonna call him Izzy. So Isil, there will now be Izzy. Uh, Izzy wants to head west, but he feels he doesn't deserve this. And at this moment, when they're having this sort of back and forth. He also asks her, like, hey, what's up with this guy that you're kind of talking to? This uh, this dude, Hemin, or he- I forget the name. The dude that I don't like that they have kind of a crush on. Um, she's like, well, we had a dinner. You know, things were going good. And I just don't really care about much of this. And then you hear guards being like, she broke out. And so uh, it's clear that uh, Galadriel broke out and everybody's panicking. So she breaks mm-hmm. into the power, into the tower, and she's like, King, excuse me for barging in, but he's on the bed and looking just deathly ill. He looks super sick. He's moments away from passing, it looks like. Um, and so we get to talk to Tar Palantir, who is the inventor in the Palantir Searing Stones and the Scrub Daddy Sponge. Um, <laughs> and I assume he invented it. Maybe not. Uh, he's named after it. I don't know yeah. what the connection is there, but it is clear and- in episode two we saw the queen regent using the palantir and she also introduces those later and what do you need to clean a palantir but a scrub daddy cool so exactly i wonder which came first the fingerprints get so <laughs> <laughs> it's so fingerprint uh it's a fingerprint magnet yeah. um he wanted to make friends with the elves again this is where we get this little explanation uh but people were pissed off about it uh galadriel touches the one seeing stone and the other six are missing she sees Numenor being flooded over, just like we saw in the beginning of the episode. But she's also like, ah, those things show, you know, those things kind of just show you a bunch of different random shit. Like, these Palantirs aren't always truthful. And Muriel's really... What's huh? up? I, I just feel like, to me, this is where we see, like, Galadriel sort of deviate from the Galadriel I know of the movies. Because, you know, I think of the Galadriel, like, and things that have to come to pass. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I feel like... Gladriel, the movies would be a little bit more, uh, like tactful, ex- or or she'd be a little bit more accepting of maybe this. This is prophetic. In oh some sure, way. okay, I see that. I totally see that. Yeah. Um, Muriel does not want to piss off the gods. She doesn't want to join Numenor with the elves and fight everybody, like because she thinks that this is going to be their destiny if they try to do so. Um, next sequence, we have John Connor from Terminator 2. He returns to the <laughs> he returns with the food and he tells Theo's hot mom. Uh, Theo said he'd be right behind me. And he he lied. He just he left because he was terrified. Um, yeah. And then we see Theo struggling over there and he's about to get murked after escaping a bunch of of these sort of orcs. An orc catches him. But guess what? hot elf is here to save the day 
and a Ron Deere saves Theo from death. He's so cool. And he catches a fucking arrow at least. Yeah. Oh. What a cool moment so cool. that was. That was a really, really cool moment. Uh, one time Jackie Chan's father caught a bullet with his bare hands. That's from, that true? That's from the movie Rush Hour 1. Oh, um, I see. When they eventually escape the, the forest, though, they kind of get to a clearing, and the old son is here to save the day because it's morning time, and the elves aren't happy about and, that, or the orcs aren't happy about that. Andy, how do you feel about that? Because they are really treating in this show as if sun is like a po- pure poison to orcs and like they cannot even stand in it without being eviscerated. And to me, I always felt like more in the movies, it was that they had a sensitivity to it. And I could see it being a sort of thing where, well, it used to be more potent to orcs and now they've developed a tolerance to it over thousands of years. What's your kind of take? How do you feel about this, this mechanic? It's definitely a very reminiscent of like any sort of vampire movie. Um, but apparently this is closer to what the books were. Oh, OK, this is closer to what uh, Tolkien had had written and um, they're using it here as a very, very strong plot device because it's obvious that. When we get to that later scene with Adar, I believe in episode five, yeah. he, he wants to get rid of the sun somehow. <laughs> this guy's got aspirations. <laughs> He's Mr. Burns <laughs> in, the, in part one of Who Shot Mr. Burns. He, he wants, yeah, he wants to like nuke the sun, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they are. It, it's obviously used as a device because you can't take over these Southlands with the sun being so present. We have to find a way to kind of get rid of. The sunlight so that our army could grow um but yeah apparently it was it was a bit more of an important thing in the books uh and here they are definitely leaning heavily into that into that storytelling device um the intense music that you heard that whole time as they're escaping these orcs that was princess disa singing that shit was cool as hell I thought yeah. it was just dramatic music to kind of pump up the tension in the moment as they escape from the orcs. But we cut it's Princess Disa and she's singing because she's trying to beg the rocks to free any dwarves that still have breath in their lungs, which is so oh, cool of so a concept. Cool. Yeah, um, uh, I really okay, enjoyed the that relationship sequence. the dwarves have to the rock. Yeah. And the earth as a whole, you know, like it's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then we get Durin walking in. And he's pissed off because he hates Daddy, and you know he's mad. And um, I really enjoyed this sort of moment between him and Elrond. And Elrond is like, "If I could still hug and love my dad today, I would." Um, and Elrond tells uh, Durin that his the Valar lifted his dad beyond the bounds of the world to forever carry the evening star across the sky, which sounds like such a dead end job. Honestly, like yeah. what, what are the benefits at least? What are the hours like, you know? <laughs> Sounds awful. I also think it's like, you know, in terms of somebody trying to one up you, you're like, <laughs> you know, you're complaining to your friend. Yeah, my dad, oh, my dad's always on my case. My dad he's the get king, off my back. you know. Yeah. And then you're and then, oh, yeah, well, you know, my dad's a star. And it's like, well, it's not a competition. <laughs> yeah. My dude, dad's okay? been dragging a star across the sky for a millennia. Yeah. And it's like, all right, bro, come on, chill you out. You can have empathy for someone else <laughs> while also, you know. I didn't ask, you know. Come on. <laughs> Just ask me about me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then the following sequence, we get during the fourth son of during the third talks to during the third father during the fourth and son of during junior. And uh, they suspect that Elrond and the elves are hiding something, Elise. They, something something's up with these elves. What are they hiding? I kind of enjoy that moment. Where the fall, I love the moment where we're during the, the Dur, daddy during is like, 
what does your intuition tell you? Yeah. And and during this during the thirds, like I think I should kind of be a little bit suspicious of of their plottings. And he's yeah. like, What's good, your gut telling you? Good son. Good son. Yeah. Love I that. I during the acting that he does with just his eyes, his expressions, his questioning, I love it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Hundred percent. Um Arandir tells Bronwyn the British are coming. She's he's <laughs> like, Hey man, I got a message for you. This dude, Adar, he's told me that you all need to leave or else he's going to just wipe out this whole place. Uh, we get a scene where Waldrig, the creepy old dude, knows uh-huh. Theo took the hilt and he gets super creepy with him. And it's I'm wondering, space, at least, yeah. I'm, at least I'm wondering, do you have to have that haircut in order to bear the hilt? Like, Why, <laughs> why do they both have this weird haircut? It's, it's very- so funny that you you honed in on that, because during that scene, I was also thinking like, gosh, I mean, the, there must be some design to the costuming and hair and makeup on this show because it is not for aesthetics. And uh, yeah, there's it, a reason it, they yeah. made the hair like this. Yeah, it's almost like the kid is looking into his future. <laughs> like, it's like, give me the Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> you sit down in the chair, yeah. like light me up. <laughs> yeah, just just fuck it up on the at the neck and then give me some bangs, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, I want to look like a little Victorian girl. Go. <laughs> I want to look like a, the king from Shrek or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and in this moment, we get Wildrig telling him like. Uh, you know, it, something's coming. We better watch out. You know, I know Those comets. that this isn't a weapon that you're holding. This is something else. You know, they ask mm-hmm. the comets from the sky, all that sort of thing. Um, and then with the next following sequence, we get the orc telling uh, Adar, we found it. It's in the tower. Um, the final sequence of the show. Galadriel sails off and the white leaves start falling. The Valar pissed. So they end up bringing Gladriel back. And we don't get that reveal until kind of later on in the speech. But I thought this sequence was really well done and really well composed and kind of structured. Um, because when we start to, when we see the leaves start falling, I thought the audio we're hearing is the Queen Regent in a flashback. I thought it's one of those TV movie-like flashbacks where you kind of you hear the person being like, when the leaves fall, shit's fucked up. The Valar are yeah. not happy. But it's really a cut to present day where the queen is talking to the people and being like, the leaves are falling, the Valar aren't happy, I'm going to join Galadriel, and we're both going to sail to Middle-earth. What kind of a queen w- queen regent would I be if I didn't also put myself in harm's way, you know? Yeah. Um, I uh, This, light the fucking beacon. This moment is hype as fuck, and a lot of it is carried by not only what's happening on screen, but the music at least. Oh, bears in full force. Yeah. He, he McCrary this off. scene. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This whole sequence is just popping off. I love the music. It's super exciting. Um, and you start to finally feel like, okay, this show, this episode took 58 minutes to finally like really excite me. <laughs> uh, aside, <laughs> aside from the Elrond and the Durin stuff. But I think this episode ends insanely strong. And a lot of it is because I'm a sucker for, a crescendoing score and I get really excited and I get goosebumps and I'm just like super jazzed by the end of this episode. Um, and that's episode four rings of power. And we'll talk about episode five of rings of power right after this break. 
This episode is brought to you by me, Undies. We've all heard of gut instinct, but have you ever heard of butt instinct? It's when your butt tells you it wants new undies. Listen to your butt. Luckily, we work with MeUndies, makers of the most buttery, soft, and sustainable undies, bralettes, and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life MeUndies head to toe for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on MeUndies because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free-to-join membership for free shipping on every order and exclusive perks like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. An entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Episode five of Rings of Power called Partings. You don't have a whole lot of information on it, at least. Um, but, uh, well, we don't have a whole lot of information on Wikipedia, so I don't... I know that it was uh, directed by Wayne Che Yip, the same uh, person who directed the last episode, and it was written by Justin Doble. Um, episode five. Um, let me bring up my notes. Stranger wonders if he's if he am I the danger? Oh, am I mm-hmm. the uh, am I the am problem I the here? peril? Yeah, um, is, is what he says, which is an interesting like phrasing. Sorry, I got this itch in my back. Scratch that itch, scratch that itch. Um, this uh, episode has, I think, my favorite line delivery of any of these episodes. And it's just a really tiny, super quick moment between Nori and the stranger when they're having this sort of back and forth about what the plan is. We're heading to the grove. We're going, we want to go to a place where there's a bunch of like fruit and apples and all this orchards and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and uh, she... She tells him about, uh, we make for Norfield Glen to snail while the snailing's good. And this is a, a moment where we're seeing the stranger learn more and more about how to speak and how to communicate. Uh, and he, he looks at her and he's like, snails, snails? And she's like, snails, yeah, yeah, yeah. And her reaction to that moment, I think, is just like so adorable and wholesome and heartfelt and it's just such a quick little thing it lasts about half a second but i'm like man that is the most like 
realistic reaction and acting yeah. I've ever seen in this show. And it's just <laughs> I just want to shout her out because I think she's lovely. Uh, Markella Kavanaugh. Oh, she's um, doing such a wonderful job. Yeah. I, I will say the Harfoot consistently one of the stories that I enjoy going back to. Exactly. And I I, yeah. I feel like I, I think that may be polarizing amongst people that are enjoying the show because I know some people who are enjoying it that are like, oh, the Harfoots, I don't really care to go back over there. But I'm really enjoying all of everything that's happening with the Harfoots, and I'm excited to learn more about the stranger's backstory. Yeah, I think I've also built this this uh, expectation for myself that the Harfoots are the precursor to the co- to the Hobbits in the Grove that they are referring to is going to become what we know as Hobbiton. Right. And so I'm just, I'm mentally for myself seeding that trail where I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to get that big payoff. Yeah. Here. I, I, they might just, that might just be a red herring that they're setting up for us. And then the Harfoots all are horrifically and brutally murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll hope to see if like any of them re-sign for season two. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, at the end of this conversation, the stranger's like, "Am I the peril?" And she's like, "No, you're good. You're good." And it's just really, it's it's a cute scene. And then the following sequence, we get the whole Hartford family uh, along with Poppy and her crew. And uh, Poppy, they're like, "Sing us a song." And oh yeah. Fall. Yeah. That's, a little, that's a little that's a little brain worm right there, Elise. It was good. And we get we get the whole, uh, you know, not all who wander her wonder or wander are lost. Which yeah. Of course, for a Lord of the Rings fan is very carries a lot of gravity and weight. And I will say was we were watching the scene and they're pulling their little trailers. James was shouting at the scene. James, my husband, because the stranger is pushing the wagon and he's like, why isn't he pulling it? He should be pulling it. You know, James, the man of brawn, sure. said, why Why isn't he up there in the front pulling? He was really bothered by that. And I was like, bro, bro chill out. It's, a, it's fiction. <laughs> um, the following sequence, we get these uh, three mysterious people in white robes overlooking where the stranger fell. And I'm sure they're super good, wholesome uh, characters. This is the trailer moment we've all been waiting for. This is the moment where we see, um, I, I believe... Some people already found out the names of them, and they're they sound like des like people in Destiny like too. Kevin, oh, um, <laughs> definitely not that. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin and George. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they have like three kind of nicknames, like the Ascendant and the uh, like. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not exactly what it is, but it's something like that. Yep. Um, actually, if you don't mind googling that for me right now, yeah, yeah, Elise, let me see if I can. Or maybe uh, it's in this this. Uh, rundown i have up here hopefully because in the episode they don't tell you who they are like they uh, uh, the amazon x-ray does not reveal they only tell you who the actors are but they're overlooking where the stranger fell and they're holding up one of them has up this sort of device with the same constellation that the stranger is seeking out okay Apparently they're followers of Sauron, maybe the, like a cult. The cult of Melkor. Yeah, that's possibly what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's what a lot of a people Morgoth, are assuming. Yeah, Morgoth worshiping group established by Sauron. Yeah, uh, but they're looking for the stranger, and we don't really know why. It's kind of uh, they just look super evil, though. Like they, they doesn't look like any. There's no good vibes. There's no joking around here. Um, yeah, one of them is carrying a staff that's design resembles the eye of Sauron. Gotcha. Kind of in shape. 
But yeah, I really, uh, th this shot right here, I think is uh, pretty neat seeing this little device that this person's holding with the constellation that the stranger was looking at. Yeah, it also makes, I mean, that that aerial shot as well. And I feel like there's there's so many connections with that, the stranger's landing spot between, you know, how it resembles the eye of Sauron. And mm -hmm. the it's it's tough. It, who yeah. is Sauron? I mean, the, the, I think that a lot of these are just red herrings. I think that yeah, I the, think so too. I think they just want you to think the stranger is is Sauron. Um, following sequence, Waldrick starts a mutiny, and a bunch of people leave that little uh, hideout. Not hideout, but that little civilization. Oh, we also get the sequence where uh, Adar is talking to the orc, and he's like, "Hold out your arm. Does it hurt?" Oh. Love and he's this. like, yeah, it fucking hurts, bro. <laughs> this shit does not feel good, man. Uh, and he's like, well, we got to block out the sun then. You know, that's kind of where this whole plan starts off. Um, and yeah, Uncle Benjamin just looking like, just just yeah. looking rough out here, you know? Oh, yeah. It, like, maybe uh, get a color correcting cream or something there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the orcs in this show. Anytime the orcs come on, especially when they're having some kind of dialogue or an actual like intelligent discourse about something. Uh, I do really like the way they're being handled. Peter Jackson's orcs were always more like a, wow, what do we have here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why but, can't we have some meat? Yeah. <laughs> it's always, yeah. That's always that shit. Uh, but yeah, this sequence, um, you could tell that out rarely sees a son either. Cause he's always just kind of hanging out with these orcs. So he is obviously super yeah. pale and, He's looking at the he's sun. A gamer. He's, like, he's like, yeah, he's a gamer. He's like, we're going to block out this sun soon because uh, he's been indoors all weekend with that double XP weekend. Yeah, uh, glare on my monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the following uh, scene, we get um, Isildur. No, that isn't what happens. It looks like I skipped a scene. Oh, this is where Bronwyn tells her whole crew. This is the whole mutiny sequence. Bronwyn's like, oh, yeah, we're not leaving this place. You know, uh, who's going to fight with us? And uh, everybody's uh, Waldrig's like, y'all are fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm not sticking <laughs> around here. But also, I think a lot of that is just the weakness of man and how he's been corrupted. And he's quickly going to follow whatever dark power um, because he's been he's been stabbing his forearm a little too much, you know, with that hilt back in the day. Uh, yeah. So the mutiny begins. A lot of people leave. Um and we, young John Connor is looking at Theo and he's like, come on, let's go, Theo. And Theo's just like, nah, man, I'm not leaving. Waldrick really wants Theo to go with him as well. Um, really creepy. And then we see, uh, <laughs> we get this sequence at least, which may, uh, made me giggle a bit. Uh, let me freeze frame this right here for video watchers. Audio listeners, this is a sequence where we're back in Numenor and there's a, a horse being transported. There's, oh, just, yeah. there's just a horse being moved to a boat <laughs> to kind of like, uh, which I think is kind of neat because a lot of our questions would have been how the fuck they get the horses to Numenor. Yeah. And this is how uh, pretty neat sort of visual explanation right there. Um, and in this sequence, at least we get. Uh, um, oh, oh, my goodness. I've totally forgot that in the. In the last episode, um, well, right here, this is where Izzy asks his dad, Elendil, to let him join this army. Mm -hmm. I want to go fight with you all. And Elendil's like, you fucked up, son. You, yeah. you got kicked off of the Sea Guard. You know, I, I, I'm not just going to give you this job because I'm your father. 
um following sequence he, um we get Aodian talking to that dude the son of Farazin mm-hmm. and she's like talk to your dad about this because guess what Elise right now uh we ended that last episode which what seemed like a lot of people in Numenor being like fuck yeah queen regent we're with you let's go to Numenor and apparently that didn't last very long because in this sequence a lot of people are like fuck that queen we don't want to go to Numenor why are you risking our lives and I wonder like this is probably just a different subsect of people but it just seems like kind of just a lot of mixed messaging from the show where in the last episode we ended with everybody super stoked and I want to fight for the cause I'm with you blah 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 and then now everybody is like fuck that you're sending our people to die you're gonna join the elves like why are you taking us you know it just kind of it's weird it's weird yeah and it it feels like it's the the growing pains of we can't crescendo this plot too much because we have to sustain it for an entire show yeah so we have to go one step forward and two steps back and you know all the stuff that's happening with like Farazan, and he's like i want to help restore the southlands and bring Hallbrand back there and I, I think it's like he's clearly like a dude that's not a, he's not a good guy mm-hmm. right and like we're gonna get a moment at some point where where of course like they think that they're they're gonna be fight waging this war and then he's gonna pull the bottom out of it or whatever yeah um back you know backdoor something or betray somebody and like that's that that whole side of things like this I just is like trust. the game of thrones like, side of things yeah. this is the the political kind of machinations and yeah, stuff yeah absolutely um Next, we get Muriel and Frazen talking to Halbrand, and uh, they they get Halbrand out of where he was blacksmithing, and he's kind of giving them info as to, like, this is where the enemy was moving last time I was in the Southlands. And Galadriel is telling the Queen Regent Muriel, Halbrand's here to take back his land, and he's super stoked about this, even though he's not really acting like it right now. <laughs> like yeah. he's, this is all him. And um, they both feel like they're both being used because Galadriel's like, dude, I just talked to her. I'm going to get you all these fucking ships. I'm going to do all this for you. And he's like, are you sure it's just for me? Because you have revenge on your mind and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I kind of yeah. enjoyed this back and forth. This is where we, um, it really seems like the the actress Morfid Clark, who plays Galadriel, she is really... She summons a lot of Kate Blanchett in those moments where she is looking intense without having her eyes open and freaky. Like she does this sort of death stare into the camera that I think uh, just kind of really shows off her intensity. And I enjoy those moments with her. Um, yeah. She uh, never stopped fighting and she can't. Yeah. And we, yeah, we get to that conversation later, which I think mm-hmm. is even better and kind of furthers. Um, where you get her, her motivations. Yeah, her mo- yeah. Um, following sequence, we get the Harfoots, and they're they're worried about the one of them was worried about the stranger. I forget her name. Mar Mar Malva. Um, she's talking to Sadok, the leader of the Harfoots, and she's like, "This force is all fucked up, man. Like it's clear that the stranger has this guy has something to do with this." Um, and then a bunch of wolves attack him, and then the stranger 
bust, he upgraded his skill tree. He has a ground pound attack now <laughs> for 700 plus damage. And he fucked up these wolves oh, and it was God. cool as hell, Elise. It was cool as hell. And I mean, I guess it, it's just, it's lending even more and more credence. Could could he be Sauron? Like this, you know, the cult of Sauron is looking for him and probably because they want to remind him like, hey, dude, you are Sauron. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I think they're trying to really set him up as he might be the savior of these people. But then... I, th- I, I I think he's going to end up being a good wizard, um, whether it's one of these blue wizards or whether it actually uh, is Gandalf. Um, at first, I thought maybe even Radagast because of this forest. And yeah, he's the connection with the, to nature. He, yeah, he's with the Harfoots who are so in tune with nature. Yeah. Um, either way, like I this is where. Again, taking a long time to develop. And that's one thing I don't love about a lot of this show. They're baking the bread yeah. and maybe it's going to get a little overcooked. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> you know? it, it is like, you know, you put that brisket in the fucking <laughs> crock pot at 2 a.m. So it could be ready by noon. Yeah, you want the meat to be moist <laughs> by the time you're eating it. It's taking okay. a while. Um, and that's definitely one thing I'm I'm not loving about the show. I don't think it's moving fast enough. But there's the part of me that's still enjoys the lore so much that i'm just kind yeah, of really same. digging and figuring out what this mystery is um the next scene gladiel teaches all these dudes how to fight uh and i think it's kind of cool she has she ends up busting out double swords at one point and she's like fighting six people and uh oh. she finally gets cut by valandil and he's and he's so he's like so proud and like what what when it's like dude she just fought off eight yeah. of you and you like, barely you cut have, like threads yeah. on her on her shirt and you're pr- and you're walking so proud with your chest out but you know step gets a step, step in the, step the fuck back right uh, yeah. he gets promoted to lieutenant not lieutenant uh, he gets promoted to lieutenant which is um, how the I, British say it I, f- I forgot that was a thing that happened yeah um, and then up next we get. Oh, we also see Halbrand kind of move his sword and and this oh, yeah, is he has a cool little move. Yeah, and, and this is a, another thing that like again, baking the bread too long, at least like we know there's something up with Halbrand. Yeah, it's like we get we, it. We've been shown that there's something up with Halbrand. You don't need to keep driving the point home with Gladio being like, huh, it's kind of interesting to see a just a regular uh blacksmith have moves like that it's like yeah show we know also (laughs) it feeds into my criticism of galadriel which is like she should feel less naive yeah and they're treating they're treating her like i i I not i don't like that i mean uh, it's obviously her being like "Uh, i know something's up with you brother but like we've known this for several episodes and what hurts it even more elise is that we might go an episode without even seeing these characters like we had mm-hmm. like b- because there's so much material here they will go a full episode without showing you one of the c or b plots yeah um and so it does feel like a an even longer lifetime ago that we knew something was up with Halbrand. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. and so it, like it just feels like it's just, right. it's taken a long time to to develop there uh the next sequence we have um uh uh, we have uh, Kemen talking to his dad, Farathon, and um, he's trying to convince him to like, hey, go against the queen. Don't don't send all these people to war. And it's really because he's horny for Aadian, you know, because Aadian was like, hey, if he won't listen to you, get louder, like be more, you know, do something about this. 
because Aeodian doesn't want them to go to Numenor. Um, and then we have uh, this sequence where the Queen Regent is talking to her father. Um, and this sequence, I, I, I'm kind of blinking on a lot of what happens exactly. Um, he's essentially telling her, don't go to Middle Earth. He's talking to the Queen Regent being like, don't go to Middle Earth. Like, yeah. Which is weird because you would think he'd want to help because he always wanted to help back in the day, you know? And yeah. that's why I'm kind of blanking on. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm blanking too. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, let me see. Let me see if I can find it here. Cause. Yeah. I, I'm like also trying to bring up just episode five recap. And yeah, th this sequence, um, I think just kind of lost me. You know, she says, she's like, we're, we're restoring the connection with the elves I'm going to Middle Earth and he's like, don't do this. Like there's there's. Gonna... Yeah, it sounds like he just has very vague, prof like prophetic statements about like, you know, evil will come of this. Yeah, or, all or that awaits but... you is darkness. Yeah. Um, Which, again, kind of weird. I thought I always thought he was he would have been on the other side of things a bit more. You know, I thought he'd have more confidence in her. Uh, uh, anyway, next scene is where we get. The stranger and he's like healing his arms because he did that magic and that shit hurt. <laughs> like he he was he was me going to the gym and doing the stairmaster and my legs are <laughs> my dogs are barking the next morning. <laughs> um, but he does this like ice power stuff as he's healing his himself, and Nori gets all freaked out and then she gets ice blasted away he's on like new skill tree upgrade. Yeah, he's like yeah, he, yeah he's kind of like meditate in a meditative he's, state he's, you know yeah he's mumbling some kind of incantation or mantra or something and he's he's completely out of it yeah so she gets blasted back and it's it's reminiscent of the, of the fireflies moment where he gets in those trance-like states and then kind of affects the world around him and i absolutely love this shot um he's kind of looking at his hands freaking out and the trees behind them are moving yeah, like not not because of like ants or anything like that, like but the the whole world is kind of just affected by him in, in a really neat way. I, I really kind of love the shot of the trees kind of swaying because he just seems to be imbued with some sort of power. Uh, uh, I don't want to sidetrack us, but no, to no re rewind for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, when during the lieutenant promotion, the the whole idea of like you know Farazon would rather die than take orders from an elf mm -hmm. we're, we're getting a lot more of this like oh you know Farazon he wants to elves to take orders from men and he and this is his like big position right um which like, like i don't mind then, working with y'all but like you're gonna work under us <laughs> yeah and and his whole thing is like yeah i want to restore power to the southlands and i want to reinstall a king there but it's because i want them to be in debt to us and here in numenor like i want numenor to be like this trade and political yeah. power and have this this uh subjugation to the rest of middle or, or have middle earth be subjugated to us again so, a uh, lot of a lot of the yeah. uh, i i know some Lord of the Rings viewers or, or readers will be like, Andy, it's it's not 
inspired by Game of Thrones. It's you know, yeah. Game of Thrones is inspired by Lord of the Rings, but like that this is the part of the Game of Thrones vibe oh, yeah. that that gives me a lot of those political sort of like we're talking yes. about like episode using, one phantom menace trade federation type shit. yeah it's using the same like story devices and yeah. geopolitical storytelling to tell this narrative and yeah yeah absolutely I, which i think is a very smart call uh a smart play from him you know being like look we're doing this because they have a lot of resources for us they have a yeah. lot of uh, things that could help us out if we eventually go over there and Halbrand, uh, you know, we reclaim the land for Halbrand. But um, it, like we're we're effectively installing a puppet king that will bow to us. Yeah. And profit us. Yeah. Um, falling sequence. We have this little uh, dinner where the elves and oh, love it. Yeah. Love this. They're back in Linden. And uh, this and is just where the atmosphere. They're at a table in the forest. The candlelight around. This is All where King Durin elves. was like, go over there, figure some shit yeah. out, son. Figure yeah. some shit out. Durin um, the third, father of Durin the fourth. Yeah, and uh we have <laughs> we have this little setup where uh he, he talks about the table that they're sitting at and how the wood is like super important to his kind. And that was all just bullshit to lead up oh, to yeah. a really neat uh oh. comedic moment later on. <laughs> I loved that. I I love this whole scene so much because you know. They have this stone table or what have you. And yeah. Durin says, where did you get this from? Because in our culture, this is only reserved for tombs and bear. Like he's re- he's shaming them so hard by saying you took something that was so yeah. sacred and how we honor the death of our people and you're eating off of it. Yeah, he's like, sorry for like, the sacrilege. You know, my bad. Yeah. And and I love like Durin's my favorite. And yeah. even that whole exchange where. Duran's asking them why it's taking so long. And he's like, you know, it takes you people weeks to decide to, to just decide to take a shit. And he gets like, cut, <laughs> he like gets cut off. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but like, gosh, the um, this whole dinner was like my it's favorite. great. It's great. Thing. And it's it yeah. continues to be, I think, the highlight of the show of the, the mm-hmm. elves and the dwarves and their back and forth and their tensions. It's it led to some of the better moments in the Lord of the Rings movies. And I think it's still going really great here. And yeah, we have. uh we have Durin being like, it's good to know there's still honor among among elves. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like your loyalty to the dwarf is admirable. He's like, well, I'm loyal to a friend, you know, yeah. this is where we kind yes. of get this is kind of where we get the whole thing. Like, you know, hey, I had you go over there to kind of look for something. Yeah. And good guy Elrond. And I think this is also seeding, you know, the fact that Elrond in Lord of the Rings is like, yeah, let's let's make a fellowship of men and dwarves and and elves mm-hmm. and when you know at, at helm's deep yeah let's send an army of elves to fight alongside men like he doesn't have those uh partitions that he puts up absolutely because he has these these thousand year friendships yeah i i'm i'm loyal to a friend regardless of race uh, yeah. and this is where he basically finds out that the king was like i sent you over there to look for something and he's like recount that story to me elrond and he and then elrond's like i think you're kind of being shady yeah um and this is where they talk about um that really dope ass story where the balrog is fighting one of the valar uh, or the Maiar. i'm forgetting yeah uh, um the valar but yeah the Eldar. This, <laughs> on one side fought an elven warrior with his mm-hmm. with a heart as pure as the manwe who poured all of his light into the tree to protect it and a Balrog of Morgoth, 
and then a lightning fucking strikes and the tree the roots go all the way down to the rocks and it creates this vein of mithril and it's pure as light and it's just like I just, so just cool. makes me want to replay Elden Ring. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> it's just so cool. I just live but, for this fucking uh, fantasy yeah. stuff. And now we see like their light. The tree is being corrupted by some kind of darkness, and the light of it is fading. And only the mithril will revive it. Yeah, or, yeah. Or so Calibrimbor says, which like to me is also fascinating because like we know, we know that at least Galadriel's ring was forged using mithril. I don't know about the other rings, but I think hers is one for sure. Like that's how mithril plays a part into the, to the ring story. So they might just be expanding it and saying like all the rings were made using this material and the elves egg on the dwarves to get it and give it to them. And of course, tragedy follows. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is where we get this sort of tension of like, what are they doing down there, Elrond? And he's like, I swore an oath. I'm, I mm-hmm. wasn't going to tell anybody. Swore an oath of friendship. That shit means something to me. He's like, well, what if it means that your people may be doomed? Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's kind of like the tension right now brewing uh, with, uh, within Elrond. Um, I, <laughs> no, I, was, cool. I was watching that, that uh, exchange between uh, Elrond and King Gil- Gilgalad. Gilgalad. And and like he's like King Gilgalad's like, are they mining for mithril? And uh, you know, or mithril? And and Elrond's like, I can't say. And it's like, well, the fact that you the fact that you can't say is telling me that they probably are. It's kind of what I would have inferred. Exactly. From that. Like, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, he's like, like I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, but that may. But it sounds like if they like, weren't, you, you would just well, be like, like no. Wink at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The fact that you can't tell me the one thing probably means that that is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the yeah the next sequence uh, we have um, Isildur kind of becoming friends with his lieutenant Valandil again, and he's like. Put me back on the crew, man. He's like, "What do you? I'll, I'll get. I'll let you punch me." He's like, "Give me three punches." Like, "All right, give me. I'll give you two. And he punches him twice. And he's like, "I felt like three. I like this a lot. It made me laugh. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's feeling more and more rare for me to get laughs out of non dwarf and elf stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say elf, I mainly mean Elrond and that crew. Like Galadriel is definitely not bringing the comedy in any way. Um, but. I, I liked the sequence. Uh, I don't know about you. I like yeah, I liked it too. And I I'm warming up more to the men in this show. The men is my least favorite race. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm well, especially because in the sex sequence we have Kevin, who uh, well in that last sequence we get Valandil telling, um, Izzy, is he lure? He tells Izzy, look, man, I I would love to put you back on the crew, you know, but. I only have so much power and blah, blah, blah. So Izzy just stows away on the boat because he's so mm-hmm. desperate to go to Numenor. And this is where he happens upon Kemen, who is there to burn the ship down. This You have a good reason to not like the men because they are corrupted and fucked up. Kind of funny Kemen. He's trying to... <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> Kemen. And yeah, that's the mixture between Matt Smith and Topher Grace. Um, yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, the ship explodes. And... Um, Interesting that Fielder it, saves Kevin. Interesting that, yeah, not only Izzy saves kind of funny Kevin, but Izzy doesn't rat him out. 
which I thought was interesting. I thought he, I thought um, he'd be like, bro, it wasn't me. It was this motherfucker. I, I thought he was doing it because he real he was like, oh, if I if I cover for him, then they'll let me go. They'll, they'll yeah. like restore me and do all that. But yeah. Um, sorry, I was just answering a Slack real quick. Uh, next sequence we get the Galadriel talking to the Queen Regent, being like, dude. We still have three ships. Don't pay attention to that. That's a distraction. Sure, we lost a boat, but it's clearly people trying to scare you into not going, you know. Uh, and you have... Um, you still have your father's blessing, but it doesn't really seem like she has her father's blessing. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the next sequence we get... A uh, sequence between Celebrimbor and Elrond. And... Uh, they kind of chat, and this is where I'm. I'm kind of again blanking on certain things that were happening. I think he's talking to him about his father, possibly. Oh yeah, is this about the mithril? They're talking about the mithril and how like this is what can bring the tree back. Oh, it's it's all yeah. This is where he admits to Elrond that he knew the whole time. Yeah. That Celebrimbor, <laughs> Celebrimbor was like, I knew why. I knew why they sent you down there. I fucked up, bro. My bad. Like yeah. I should. I should have told you. Um, we know that there's mithril down there. We know that they're hiding some shit. Uh, and then, yeah, he tells him about his uh, about his father and tries to just kind of tug at his heartstrings. Um, and yeah, then Galadri- I feel like he, oh, go he's going to keep going on. My father's a star and everyone's going to it's going to come up every episode to someone. <laughs> yeah. named my father is like, come on, bro. It's know. funny you mentioned that killer because like my mom, she's a <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all right, enough about your family, dude. Yeah. Uh, next sequence, we get um, Galadriel apologizing to Halbrand being like, I'm sorry I used you. We, let's go do this together. Like we mm-hmm. we can we can do this together. And I think we get uh, we get more backstory from Halbrand being like, you don't know the type of fucked up stuff I've done. Like the stuff that I did before we met on the raft, the, it seems like he's probably killed a lot of people to survive in certain areas. And she says, sometimes to find the light, we must, we must first touch the darkness. Um, and yeah, this is where that whole motivation speech comes out. At least this is where she's like, this is all based on kind of revenge. You know, I can't let this go. I know I'm fucked up. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Isn't the best thing, but like, I, I, can do. I love where she talks about like my best friend was going to fucking s- uh, sell me out to get me out of here because he knows how I can't really save myself. And this, by the way, Elise, if you want to look at the picture in picture, this oh, is that Kate Blanchett that, look. That's the Kate Blanchett. Yeah, this you're is right. the Kate Blanchett like. I, you're absolutely right. I'm not raising my eyebrows, but I'm like seeing through your fucking soul, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy this sequence. Um, me too. This is a good back and forth. Um, because this is this is what I want. I want the the Galadriel that knows what the fuck is up, knows what to do, yeah, and is not taking any other questions. She's like, This is how it's gonna, like, that's what I want. Is the is that, yeah, they um, they they mentioned uh, she mentions my best friend. Um, conspired with the king to exile me because they did not think that I could extinguish myself from the evil I was fighting or distinguish myself from the evil I was fighting, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> like she's I, she's been right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we they kind of seem to come to an understanding there. And the next sequence we get Waldreg being like, "Are you Sauron?" 
and Adar is like, bitch, no, I'm not Sauron. And he like choke slams him. And then he, what does he do? He takes John Connor for Terminator 2. And he's like, Waldrig, you want to be part of this? You got to fucking work for it. And yeah. it seems like they kill off John Connor, which is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And that, guy, that kid's begging for his life. And Waldrig, yeah. we, we know Waldrig is an unscrupulous man. Oh, sure. So. Um, but what Waldrick says, I'll serve you then whoever you are like this guy. This guy does not care. Oh, for sure. And if yeah. you stuck around to watch the next time on Rings of Power, if you stuck around for that. Uh, there's a sequence where we see Adar and, and an army kind of marching and Waldrick's there. So Waldrick did probably deed. did some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, one sec, answering another slack. Yes. Oh, no problem. Well, and then then uh, we go back to the tower. I'll, while you're slacking, I'll, I got you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're back in the tower where Theo um, is there and he's showing off his hilt to Arondir who recognize it. And then he like there's a secret thing in the stone wall that he reveals that there's like another thing resembling it's like, it. That sword looks familiar. Yeah. And it's actually a key. Um, and it's connected to Adar's designs. He wants to become more of a like a deity to people. It, it, um, that sword that it resembles is also like stabbing the statue of somebody that we don't know. Yeah, maybe it's Adar. And, and uh, Bronwyn says we're de- we're destined for the darkness. It's how we survive. Yeah, and um, I kind of luck. I like that sequence with Bronwyn telling him like, "Look, we're 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 this is fucked." We, this is kind of what we deserve we are corruptible we are we are humans and no matter how hard we fight we're probably going to get corrupted and fall for evil um yeah which i i think is a really neat kind of like you know reconciling with who you are um it's sad and they're gonna teach her that that doesn't always have to be the case but i still appreciate this moment from Bronwyn feeling really vulnerable you know Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, and I'd feel vulnerable being around this hunk of a man around deer. You know what I mean? Do we think that any of like because I saw this one theory that Hallbrand could become one of the ring race. Like, because, you know, we have the fallen. I heard about kings this. Of men. Too. I heard about and this, too. I would I, I find that super fascinating about like, are there men on the this show that are going to, you know, become those wraiths? Yeah, so like cool. the the so main cool. the main king the oh, I I want to say night king but that's Game of Thrones. The Nazgul. Um yeah, uh, I I really enjoy that. Um following sequence <laughs> is one of my favorites but also least favorite in terms of CG because these fake trees look awful in the background. Um this is a the sequence where they are moving the big stone table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clear that uh he was just fucking with them the whole mm-hmm. time. Prince Durin was lying about the stone table Durin, being important to man. them. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Give me more of this. Like it's yeah. just so fucking funny. We also uh another sequence we we I sort of uh passed by was uh his wife Disa being like Tell me again, how did you and Elrond meet? Yeah. <laughs> and they have completely different stories, and he lied the whole yeah. time about it. And he's like, well, actually, I fought off three 
yeah, fucking I saved his life. Uh, yeah, I fought off three stone. No, what are they? Um, the trolls golems. or something? Golems. golems. Yeah. I fought off three golems. I uh, busted out my bow, and he's like, "No, you bust out your sword." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, yeah. regardless, <laughs> like I just love how they fight. Like it's my, I it's know, my it's, favorite parts. It's, you know, it's so it's such an odd couple." and then it's it works it's it's works so well 100 percent. and then this is where elrond's like ah, i got some shit to tell you i gotta i gotta come clean and he goes enough with the quail sauce give me the meat and give it to me raw <laughs> like just come clean and i love that line um mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like i went to you looking for something without knowing i was looking for something like uh, they they yeah. know you have this mithril they they know about it i didn't know that's why i was sent there and the mithril is going to be the key to keeping us alive and this leads to another amazing comedic moment with Durd being like so i got the fate of the elves in my hands and he's like yeah and he's like say it again (laughs) (laughs) it's just who's got the fate of the elves in my hands (laughs) like i love it it's hilarious it's great Uh. um yeah, that those moments are great, and then uh, we have another really hype moment, ending the episode with Hal Brand kind of being like, "You know what? Fuck it, I'm in, dude. Let's yeah. do this." Yeah, so, you know what? Yeah, I'll take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this sequence kind of confused me because it kind of made it seem like this was somebody else picking up and grabbing the thing. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I, it was. It ended up just being Halbrand, I guess, but I guess he was coming back for it. But it kind of made it seem like somebody snuck in there and stole off the table. Um, but yeah, this sequence, everybody's really stoked and they're getting all armored up. Um, everybody's looking hot. Galadriel Hype. looking super powerful in that dope ass armor. Um, Aodian's not stoked that her brother's going off to war, um, and uh, Izzy is gonna. He's kind of given like the shitty job of Isildur's just kind of like his dad's like, nah, man, you're working in the fucking washroom or yeah. whatever, you know, clean the horse. Um, but another sequence that is hype as hell. And because I'm such a prisoner of the moment and I'm such a what have you done for me lately? No matter how <laughs> slow the rest of the show was and how the slow the show has been the last couple of episodes, it gets really exciting near the end. And they play awesome music, and I go, "Wow, how cool!" But like, we're just we're, we're it's taking a long time to develop. This meat is cooking, Elise. This meat is cooking a little too long. I just like I just feel like it's gonna be a little bit too crisp. That meat's gonna get thin and dry. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, but maybe they're maybe they're just like, "Hey, just just hang tight, hang tight. We want to yeah. establish this. We want to build the hype." tease it and then it's going to be a big 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 payoff they have the money to do it so that's the thing i keep reminding myself is this show has so much money to be amazing so i and i and i hope it kind of pays off um again i think the show started off insanely strong for me last episodes have kind of waned but like i would have loved for maybe the last three episodes to be condensed into maybe one or two really 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 action-packed episodes not action like necess- not i don't i'm not saying i need all action fight scenes all the time like i mean just like give me the meat and give it to me raw <laughs> like agree give, yeah yeah <laughs> give me like the most important parts 
make the unimportant, uninteresting parts a little quicker and snappier. Combine like, some conversations and moments. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely like some pacing issues the show is suffering from, I think. Um, but we're halfway through the show. And this has been Rings of Power episodes four and five. Holy shit, we went long today. Sorry about that, Elise. I'm Sorry, taking guys. you from no, your no, real no. job. I, en- I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I had a great time. I know we had two to get through. And yeah. hopefully people thought we did an okay job. Yeah, and next week we'll be back with... Tamor Hussein and Lucy James from GameSpot. Tam Jam. Whew, from GameSpot and, and uh, Giant Bomb. I'm excited to have them on the show next week. Because um, I think Tam's enjoying it. And I, I think Lucy might be kind of where we are. Of like, so. let's get let's get the ball rolling a little bit, you know. But we're finally yeah. set in sail. I feel like we could have set sail an episode ago. <laughs> but we're finally <laughs> selling off to Middle Earth. And we'll see what happens then, Elise. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me every day on Funhouse youtube.com slash funhouse and rooster teeth the whole gang over there making great comedy and elise willems on social media um, oh yeah I'm one sorry. day one day she'll <laughs> respond to me on on tiktok because i always send her videos <laughs> yes. uh, i i have the worst a lot of people send me tiktoks and i and then i'm just like play it cool elise just don't respond to any of them <laughs> Don't watch them. <laughs> Everybody, we'll see you next week uh, for episode six recap. Goodbye, everybody.